0: the atmosphere of the room oh we can do better than that come on give them what you got you can give them your praise just like you could give them your problems what a faithful God everybody good can we thank the worship team production team kids team all the team here at Kingdom City let's welcome those that are online watching us and particularly the men of Lansing correctional we love you so much And let's stay standing for a moment because we're gonna read the Word of God together. We do this pretty much every week. We read out loud because we love to honor God's Word. God's Word is the way that we go. It's how to build a life of significance. In a world of so much noise, there is a truth about a God that loves us, sent a son to die for us. He's not in the grave, he is risen and coming again. And we can live a life that glorifies him. It looks more like Him, and we do that by the Word of God. This year, we've been reading through the Bible together as a family of faith, and uh, taking the passages uh, that we read in the previous week or the coming week, and just preaching straight through the Bible. We're in the Book of Psalms. How many enjoy the Book of Psalms? No. Come on. How many enjoy the Book of Psalms? Well, if you don't, you're going to enjoy today. today. Uh, it's our fourth week, I think, in Psalms, and uh, there's 150 of them, so we could be here. We could be here a minute, uh, but we're going to read together, all together, all loud together. Psalms 40. Psalms 40 should be up on the screen. Why don't you go ahead and read with me? I waited patiently for the Lord, and He turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me from a desolate pit, out of the muddy clay, and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. Come on, let's give the word of God a little bit of worship too, good as that. Today is how to cry out for help, and then what we gotta do. What's our part and participation when we're in a hard place, in a difficult place? I don't know your story, I don't know your situation. I read through the connect cards and the issues that the people in our church family are facing and I know there's some real obstacles, there's some real struggles, there's some real pits. And yet how can we get that new song of praise even when we find ourselves in a place where we feel pent in? That there's this praise and this patience part for us to get a path out of what we might be facing. I waited patiently for the Lord. I had to stay the course, and he steadied my steps. He turned to me, he delivered me. I wanna speak today from the title, It's Worth the Wait. What you're walking through, what you're waiting on, is going to be worth it. God is going to do something greater, build something better, be glorified through it all. Even what you're going through, even the things that you created, the pits of your own decisions, God has a way not only out of it, he'll be glorified through it. Can we pray before we dive into the word? Lord, we love you, we invite your presence in as we worship you for who you are, what you have done. We now ask your word that is true, it is timeless, it's been tested for generations and generations of believers that this is a life well built. Here we are, Kingdom City, we're building people that bring heaven to earth. We're going to invite the voice of heaven, the Holy Spirit, to personalize this message to whatever mess or mission that we're on right now. Lord, we thank you that uh, the other side of even this few moments together is a stronger faith, is a resiliency, and there is a reward as we lean into you. Holy Spirit, speak. We're listening, ready to obey, ready to change, ready to become more like Jesus today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. A highly caffeinated and passionate 11 a.m. says? Amen. 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 You guys can be seated. Thank you, worship team. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me. I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible has these like headings over each, almost every one of the Psalms. It tells me who wrote it. This is King David. And then it gives me just a little headline of of the Psalm. And, And the headline here in Psalms 40 in my Bible says, thanksgiving, and a cry for help. How many feel like those things don't necessarily go together? A cry for help and thanksgiving? That I can be thankful even while I'm crying out for help? To me, I think it speaks to whatever situation we might be in, that we can learn to trust our God. His ways are not our ways. They're higher than our ways. But even in the low places, he comes to meet with us. And then we have to learn this thing in our praise and even in our pit to have this patience. Patience that isn't sitting down waiting for God to solve everything, but patience that is actually praising even in the midst of the problems that we might, that we might be facing. Do you, know, do you know the difference between a good joke and a bad joke? Timing. <laughs> You'll get that one later. Do you know the difference between a mature believer and an immature believer? I'm not talking about how many years you've been following Jesus. I'm talking about your heart right here and now. I think one of the differences between a maturing believer and one that is staying stuck is this perspective of patience. That not everything happens immediately, but nothing good will happen until I learn how to trust God in the process. And we have, an on-time God. We have an on-time God. How many of you have someone in your life that doesn't understand time like you understand? Don't point fingers, don't wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and look at your wife or husband. There's a lot of you that worship at the 11, like 22 service here. Some of you watching online right now, is because you realized you didn't set an alarm, you had a timing problem. We have an on-time God. The problem for us is he doesn't work on our clock. Second Peter says like a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. Um, how many know that that's a different kind of timing than we have? But the, also says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as we, as we understand time. As we understand time. And what we're gonna dig in today isn't just how to get out of a pit, it's the perspective that we need to have in a struggle season. And maybe and maybe we can mature to the point today that we can learn to praise God even when we still feel pent in. Even when the dream and the destiny doesn't seem like it's on its way. In fact, it seems like it's delayed or maybe even fully forgotten. That we can have this perspective and keep a patient persistence in going after God, even when we're needing him to show, to show up. A great passage on this is in Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to be there for a minute in and out of the service today, not just Psalms 40. And, and the writer, author of Hebrews, he says this. He says, we want each of you to show the same diligence, to, to stay the course to the very end. So that what you hope for, that what you're believing for, may be what, fully realized. Not just part of it, not just a little bit, but the fullness of it would be realized. And we don't want you to become, become lazy. I didn't say that. The author of Hebrews did. One translation says it differently. It says We don't want you to become spiritually dull and indifferent. I think none of us would say, hey, we're, we're lazy in our faith. But maybe we're a spiritual doll. Maybe we don't have an expectation of the goodness of God anymore. Maybe life and circumstances and situations and struggles have beaten out our belief that God could be good in this scenario or this issue that we are facing. So therefore, we get indifferent. We'll, we'll see what happens. What does it really matter anyway? He says no we don't want you to become lazy dull or indifferent no we want to imitate those he's talking about the the people that have gone before us that have carried the torch of the faith in jesus christ for us today in the here and now to imitate those through faith and patience they inherit you inherit which belongs to your father gets passed to sons and daughters of what has been has been promised to you by god so it says there for every promise to come to pass There is a part to play that's called faith, which is trusting in the goodness of God. And there's this patience piece, which is waiting on the timing of God. And sadly, some of us are lacking both. Some of us lack, because of all that we have seen or experienced, that God could be good in that situation. I hope that on the other end of the message today, that you just have a different perspective that he has not designed something to derail you or to deny you. In fact, what you might be walking through is there to develop you. But then it's not just about faith, it's also about patience. Because you can have big belief for God to bring a breakthrough during a worship song, but when you go back to work tomorrow, you're wondering, where's the breakthrough? And that's the power, the power of, of patience. And we need a faith we need to have a faith that can wait while God works until God says, it's perfect. This is exactly what I wanted you to have. And sometimes it's difficult to keep the, keep the faith when you're in a season that feels like a pause, it feels like nothing is moving forward. But if you don't know how to stay persistent and patient in your faith and trust, you will never see the payoff in the plan of God fully unfold in your life. Verse one, David cries out and says, I waited, I waited patiently for the Lord. In other words, I wasn't trusting other people to solve my problems. I know where my source and supply comes from. I waited for him. And in my patience, he turned to me. As I cried for help, he heard me. He responded to my situation. And it was worth the wait. I didn't just get out of what I was going through, God reestablished my life, he goes on to say. And I want to kind of phrase a question for you that I don't want you just to write down and forget. I would love for you to try to answer this, this week, later today, maybe in this next season of life. Since God knows when to show up, what is he trying to show you? Many times when we look at God, we wonder, where is he at? Why isn't this working? How come this hasn't happened yet? And yet, we should have a different perspective. Instead of why hasn't it worked out there, we should get this like first look of God, what are you trying to work in here? God, what are you trying to develop in me? Instead of just opening every door of destiny for my future, for my family, uh, what are you actually trying to change in my faith, my belief, my trust, my trust in you? So it's not, God, where are you at? I can't go forward. It's God, what are you trying to grow to grow in me? And we're not aware of David's uh, specific predicament in in this writing of this psalm. We just know we, we can learn some things that might help us in the lessons of life with God so that God can do something so we don't have to keep going through this test, but we can get this patient, confident trust in Him that He knows what He's doing even when we can't see how it's how it's working because here's the truth for you it's not really it's not really what you are waiting for it's who are you waiting on when you begin to learn the mature place that i am actually just i'm not just waiting for the breakthrough i'm actually just learning to walk with him while i'm waiting for him to work you will see him supersede your expectations re-establish your life and bring the blessing and favor, not immediately, but in the long haul of your life, he'll do something more significant because most of us would take a shortcut to get out of our struggle, but God doesn't do that. God actually strengthens us in the midst of every storm to grow something greater on the inside and it. it doesn't just last till we get out of the problem. But the praise of that situation or that struggle lasts for all eternity because he's doing something bigger, bigger than you. And it's worth the wait. On date night, I don't know about husbands out there, but when there's a date night, I get ready real quick. I'm like a seven minute ready guy. That's a shower, a shave. I wipe the cowlicks down. I'm ready to go. I'm like, Pastor Kyle, you look so good for seven minutes. I can't help that. It's just a blessing and favor of my humility, and, but, but, but Liz, Liz, Liz takes a little longer. And because I, I don't need to take that long, sometimes I find myself like watching the clock as every husband does. She just, there's just more going on, but the longer you wait, when she walks down the stairs or walks out the room, you're like, dang, that was worth the wait. You look good. Do you know, God works the same way. The longer you're waiting, the greater the reward. The the older the tree, the more established, the longer it takes to grow. Normally, the better the fruit. That if you can get this, this, this fruit of the spirit called patience at work in your life, not only will you get a different perspective, there's a better payoff. That something greater happens when we don't just get through everything immediately, but we let God get into us. On a new level of trust when we develop not just faith, but faith and patience, we inherit these promises, promises from God. Earlier in Psalms, Psalms 37, it says that you can be still before the Lord. And we can we can wait patiently for, for Him. See, David, David cried out, and then God turned up and turned to him. And and I think mature believers, we 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 know this by mature, it's not that you've you're 40 years old in the faith, it's that you're alive and fervent and you've grown through some things and gone through some things. But I think many of us have missed moments of transformation because we've been impatient in our timing and we failed the tests. Because the only thing that maybe feels worse than waiting for God and wondering when he's gonna show up is wishing that you had when you've done it your own way. Faith and patience equals the promise. Let's look at the next verse in Hebrews, this verse 13. He says, for example, the author of Hebrews, por ejemplo, he says, there was God, I said that wrong, didn't I? God's promise to Abraham. It says, the writer of Hebrews says, hey, let me give you an example of what faith and patience and promises look like. Let's look at the life of Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, when God made a promise to him, he took an oath on his own name. God said, this is on God, and I will certainly, I love that word, you can be certain of it, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. This is a blessing that is bigger than you. When I read that, I'm like, I'm excited. Like, I have the certainty of God for the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ. All I got to bring to the table is a little bit of hope in the goodness of God. I got to have some faith. And then I got to be persistent in my patience. I got to understand that he's got a timeline that is different than my design. He's doing something by his design to develop my character so I have a bigger calling and a bigger blessing and a bigger purpose. And in verse 15, though, this is where it throws me just for a little bit for a loop. It says, then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. And anybody who's read the story of Abraham and Sarah or Abram and Sarai in the the book of Genesis, you are like, huh, what about Ishmael? Anyone else read that and think like, what about when they didn't wait and they did it their way? What about the shortcut they tried to take? Generally speaking, I think Abraham and Sarah are a great couple to model your life and your marriage on. God calls, you obey. You walk together. Not everything happens, but there's blessing there, even though they are still barren. But what we learn from their story, unlike the author of Hebrews, kinda of just skips like to the good part. What we learn is that they actually tried to do things their own way, and it caused so much stress, so much anguish, and so much struggle and strife they probably almost ruined everything by trying to do it their own way. Because the truth is, Abram in this season, even with the, the Ishmael story, he had so much blessing, so much provision, so much bounty in his life, but they were still barren. And so what you need to understand in this ancient Near East world that if I didn't pass anything on to the next generation, I failed. They had a different mentality that we have here in the West you know, thousands of years later that maybe we need to grab a little bit more of, that it's not about us, it's about what happens after us. This is why we say here at Kingdom City, we're building a 100-year-old church in the making. We're thinking about our ch- kids and their kids and our great grandkids. We wanna build the faith so strong that they stand on our shoulders and go higher, further, and farther than we ever could. But he didn't have an heir. And so he's got all of his needs met more than enough, but they still, like they have blessing, but they're still barren. So if we go back to the Genesis account, he turns to God and says, O sovereign Lord, what good is all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Like you've, you've done the first part, but what about the, the part I really want? Like you've taken care of my needs, but like this is my deepest heart desire. He goes on to say, so, so Eliezer, my, my, my servant is going to get all of my blessing. There's no lineage. There's no legacy. I'm just here one day, gone the next, and I have to pass this on to somebody else. But in response, God, God says to him, verse, verse 4 of Genesis 15, no, your servant will not be your heir. You will have a son on your own who will be your heir. So they waited, but then they began to worry. And when they begin to worry, they begin to wonder, I wonder what we could do in our own ability. How many of you that that, that speaks to what your faith maybe just walked through what you might be walking right now? You haven't seemed to come to pass. And so you think, okay, well, how can I strategize? How can I maybe skip some steps? How can I maybe it's not a word you would use, manipulate this moment to get the end outcome that I desire? How can I work an angle here to get get my my heart's reward in this situation? Maybe it's in this relationship. Maybe it's in your your career. And so Sarah comes up with this idea that says, what about my my servant? Why don't you bring Hagar? And why don't you go have a baby with her? And Abraham should have known better, but he said, okay, uh, let's give it a go. And sure enough, lo and behold, there's Ishmael. But as soon as Ishmael is born, because he is a a compromise of his calling, he's a shortcut to the significant thing God was trying to establish in Abram and Sarah's life. There's all sorts of strife. Hagar turns on Sarah, Sarah on Hagar, Sarah on then Abraham. There's discord, there's infighting, and all of a sudden, it's misery. What was supposed to be a blessing becomes a curse because they did not stay Course and impatience is the fruit that you don't want from a lack of faith when you try it your own way. Listen, one moment, one moment of patience can ward off great disaster, and one moment of impatience can ruin a season. Proverbs 15 says, Hot tempers caught us arguments, but patience brings peace. And maybe you've been fighting with far too many people because you haven't learned the power of persistence and patience and trusting the goodness of God. Listen, shortcuts will always bring you stress. It's an immediate relief that ends up leaning in and leading your life to a place that is less than God's best. Trees that grow slow grow the greatest of fruit. And so what we see What I feel like the the author of Hebrews puts in that verse 15 is that he just cuts to the good part. When Abram waited patiently and received what God has promised, he leaves the Ishmael story. To me, it actually speaks to the fact, it seems to imply, that even when we got it wrong and when we messed up, God's grace can still make it good. And so just because you've done things the wrong way in previous times, just because you've grown impatient or try to handle things in your own ability. I'm here to tell you today, believer, that the grace of God can make up for even your mistakes. This is why we sit in Romans eight twenty-eight that he can call all things together for good, even the problems of our own creating. Not that there isn't a bit of pain in that, but he who promised can still be faithful even when we shortcutted the patience and, and the plan that God had. So God is still on time, even in midst of your wrongs. So even if you have messed up today, don't give up. The story is not over. He can redeem it. Not only got, God know when to show up and, and since he's working for you, I think you can learn the lesson today when it comes to this this beautiful gift of God that we don't always love the way that it's wrapped in patience, that we can walk with God while we wait. Waiting with God, excuse me cameraman, is not this, it's not, okay, where are you at, God? I'm ready, I'm ready. No, waiting on God means I'm still walking with him, that I still have to do the will of the Father, that I still have to obey. As if it's already come to pass, I need to carry myself in my calling like he knows what he's doing. I still need to walk down the doors, of uh, the hallway, and open up every door of opportunity that he gives me. I'm not just sitting back waiting for the breakthrough. I'm participating in the plan by my obedience in the moment. And it says, as we learn to walk with him while we're waiting, he will put us on a new path and he will give us a, a new song. Verse two says, he brought me out of a desolate pit, out of the muddy clay, out of the muck and the mire out of being trapped in my struggle and in my sin, and he set me on the rock. I've got a solid foundation. Not only has he sat me, got me out of it and it reestablished me, but he steadies my steps. He makes my steps secure. So we know that God does the heavy lifting. He shows up, he turns to us, he gets us out of what we're going through and establishes us. Because of that, we can begin to sing a new song of praise to our God. Back to Hebrews, this time in chapter 10, verse 36. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So there's still a participation piece to do the will of God, that we need patience, not sitting down, but stepping in. So we walk with him while we wait. And even though he hasn't done that for you out there, or even in here yet, like, we still listen to what God, when he, listen to God and obey when He tells us to do this. And what is He asking of you as you're asking something of Him? I'm not saying it's a pro quid, uh, uh, I don't know, quid pro. I messed that up completely, didn't I? Like where I scratch God's back, he scratches mine. Because by the way, He doesn't need your help. I'm saying for thus. He's asking us to step in and to participate in the process while he perfects the things that concern us. And then we get that revelation. It's not really about where I'm going. It's about who I'm walking with. It's about him being with us on the journey that actually prepares us into a place that is better than we could ever get in our own creating. That's where we get that Ephesians 3.20 that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what our current dream could ever be. That he actually has something at work listen kingdom city he's got something greater for you than you could even make up in your mind that's how good your god is and yet sometimes in our impatience we burn it all down before god builds something greater what is he asking of you as you're asking something of him It's normally an obedience step not that God needs you to obey before he provides in every promise, but faith without works is dead and he wants to see it alive in vibrant faith. I think for me, I, I'm living in a testimony of this story right now. As Liz and I, as we pastor this church, like uh, for those that maybe you don't know, we purchased a south building. It is, it is amazing, it is a miracle gift to our church's future. Like we, you could take this building that we're in, including the House of Hope and everything, and you could double it and then some. And that is like literally what we're building out, which is half of what we fully own down there. Not even. Like it's this amazing opportunity to reach so many people. And I wonder though, like we we got the provision and we purchased the building and we're still building it out. I got more information on that next week for us as a church family. But as we've done our part, it seems like, okay, God, when is this fully gonna come together? Like, when is the plan gonna come to pass? And, and yet I gotta learn the timing and the testing and the tempering of our God. He's teaching me this, and, and this, this thing that's all for his glory, he's actually growing something in me. And what I, I learned this week that I didn't even fully know, I heard whispers of before, but they announced that right across the street, in fact, just one corner uh, on, the, on the northwest side of our building is a $300 million housing project. And that's just one part. There's three other parts, one behind us. On the other side, in the next three or four years, it will be filled, not with cornfields that are there right now. By the way, we've got a Target. We've got a Walmart. We've got a Lowe's. There's a a Freddy's. A Starbucks. Um, Soon there'll be a Chick-fil-A. What more are you going to need? It's all there already. But what I've loved is that this this space would soon be filled with thousands upon thousands of people that didn't live there. And God knows what he's doing in timing. So I would say this, 10 years from now, if you could pick a place to build a church, you would pick right there. And we're now building this miracle in the making, right in the perfect timing where God wants us to be there to reach the new people that move to our city in the last growing part of our city, to bring more of heaven to earth. To build this 100-year-old church in the making, God, God knows what He's doing. You couldn't pick a better location, and so God is just showing us how to trust Him and patient in our timing. What pit are you in today? You might not like it. I don't think anyone does, but you can learn from it. What can we learn in this moment? They become wonderful places where we feel like we are stuck for God to actually minister to our deepest places. Of misery and unlock and reveal his greater mission that he has for us the word pit there, used in the Hebrew language it literally means pit of roaring that's why it's called in the King James Version, it's called a, a horrible pit that word there literally means noise and tumultuous in other words it is shaking it is loud it's not just lonely it's loud you don't just feel stuck you can't hear right you can't think right in that place but in the midst of all of the noise going around you there is a sound there is a sound that we begin to sing that i believe secures the stairs to get out of what we have been in and onto what god has for us verse 3 says hey as he gets me out of what i'm going through or what i'm stuck in he puts a new song in my mouth a hymn of praise my God. You need to learn. If you're going to learn patience, one of the ways to practice that patience is to praise God even when you haven't seen the path out. That you begin to sing a new song unto your God. And it is a way to secure that even though you might still be stuck, you are free on the inside. And if you can sing even in the midst of your stuckness or your struggle, you will see that not only will God get you out and secure your steps, but he will liberate your life on the inside. Is there anybody here that feels stuck and you need to get that new song back in your mouth? The one you used to sing when you got saved. The one that used to be the soundtrack of your life. and But you're gonna sing it in a, in a new way. David, we know, sings after his deliverance in this story. But what we learn from is we don't have to wait till we worship. And if you can worship and sing praise, even in the midst of a lonely place, even in the midst of a pit, you are the kind of person, the kind of believer, the kind of follower of Jesus that can learn how to celebrate even when you haven't seen the promise, not based upon the good thing that you're still desiring, but based upon the greatness of your God. What's your go-to song right now? If you got a soundtrack of this season, what does it sound like? For some of you, it sounds like one of them sad country songs. (laughs) Everything's bad but your beer. Can we change the tune today? That even if we don't like what we're looking at, even if we don't, we ain't feeling what we're facing, that we've got something to look up. That's the beauty of a pit. You can't go down, you can't go forward, you only go up. And when you can't go up with your physical body, when you can't climb out in your own ability, you can always spiritually sing out to the God who sees you, will turn to you, will deliver you, will restore you, will secure your steps, and will take you to where he's called you to go. My son, my son, like he, 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 he loves music. He loves music. He doesn't always love to practice his piano. We're still working on that with him. But every time he gets in the car, in fact, even before we hit the car, he's like, Dad, I want a DJ. Dad, I want a DJ. I'm like, go DJ, that's my DJ, okay. So I give him my phone, I got my Spotify on there, and we got playlist and we, we keep it clean. We got Christian music on there, and then we got good music too, and... i playing, okay, don't send the emails. And we, al- we always keep it clean. Like they know, what they call it, if there's an E in the box. Explicit. I mean, that ain't for us. And so, like, uh, we get to clean. But he listens, and they kind of listens to the same five or six songs normally. Like, you know, they kind of find a, uh, a little bit of a rut. But there's one song in particular. It's a popular song from a few months ago. And I'll just be honest with you. This guy, this guy just can't sing. There's no auto tune that can save this guy. I start thinking, like, it gets my hopes up. Like, I could be a pop star. Like, this is this is trash. So what I've tried to do lately, though is disciple them a little bit and go back to some of the oldies. Now, what you might consider oldie, what I consider oldie might be a little different. But we go throwback every once in a while. I try to take them through the years, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all that stuff. And there's been this phenomenon lately when they have heard a song from yesterday, from decades ago that got sampled in a new song. Oh, they love that. They're like, Dad, that's from that song. I'm like, yeah, that's when it was good when it was good. What you're listening to is, it's, <laughs> they've destroyed it. I think for some of you, you might need to sample yesterday's songs. They ain't a lot to sing about by what you're facing. You might feel some frustration, some relational pain. You might need to rewind the tape a little bit. You might need to skip back the CD. You might need to, whatever the MP3 version of that is, you might need to go back. Because we can sing from a place that David only could prophesy about. We sing from a saved place, even when we're in a stuck place. We can sing from a forgiven place, even if we're not moving forward. We can sing from a present help in time of need, not just crying out for God to hear. Because at the cross of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, he's already turned his attention to you. He has already said, before you even are born, I will go first. So you don't need to sing for a rescue. You already have a rescue. You don't need to sing for a redeemer. You already have a redeemer. You don't need to sing for a miracle. You've already received the greatest miracle of all. And by the way, what you're facing today probably wasn't as fierce as what you used to face. And you might need to remind yourself and sample from yesterday's songs of surrender and salvation that the God who was faithful when you were not a believer is faithful as you are a believer. The God that was with you in your loneliness is still leading you into godliness. He's still taking you forward into your future and so you can fix your attention and faith on on him. Because when God steps into your pit, he doesn't just want us delivered, he wants us developed. And as he develops us, We become what witnesses of His deliverance and His goodness to a world that needs to see it that's all around us. The second part of verse 3 is that many will will see. They will see and fear. Fear is not intimidation. Fear is not scared. Fear is holy reverence and awe. And they're going to trust in the Lord because they see how you're handling your trial. They see that even though what you're facing is unfair, you still have faith. The world is looking and watching how we handle believers there's not a time for us i get it we can be discouraged we might be finding some anxious thoughts and some issues this is why we encourage one another in the faith but when the world out there sees us not that we just have a cliche christian answer but they could see from an authentic place that we're still believing and praising even in the midst of problem and pains they begin to see it and then they start seeing the world a whole differently They can start seeing the goodness of God by what you are going through, and you still glorify your God. So your current misery can become this place of ministry to the many that are around you. The dilemma that you're in goes on display for others to see God's goodness and deliverance, that he begins to get glorified by what you are going through and the way you carry yourself after you're facing the problems of life. So they begin to trust God. Why? Because you're a witness What you're walking through and still singing a song, that's a witness. The pain in your life and you still praise the goodness of God, that's a witness. Because what God does through us is bigger than us. The world sees it and their lives are forever changed. By the way, it is unhealthy for you as a believer to not be actively engaging and strategizing and praying and participating in evangelism in the world around you. You can be saved one week and make an eternal difference with your invitation. And Some of us have been saved for 25 years, and it's been a while since we lingered in the unknown to be on display of the goodness of God to the world around us. I do not say that as a rebuke, but if the shoe fits, you can wear it. Then why are we sitting around and critiquing a world that's gone so bad when we have the goodness of God? That even when things are rough in our life, we have it better than everybody else, because guess what? We won't be here for forever. These light and momentary afflictions prepare for us a glory that far away, we're going on to glory. And so we can, we can wait on God and be patient and persistent because he's developing something greater on us, in us. Later in Hebrews, it says in verse 19, this hope is strong, this hope is a strong and trustworthy way, it's, it establishes our inner world even when we don't like our outer world. It's an anchor for our soul. And it leads us through the curtain. What's it talking about? It's talking about that veil that when Jesus cried out, it is finished, it was rent in two. It kept humanity out of divinity. It kept us away from God's perfection. But when Jesus died, the perfect gift it tore. And now we can enter boldly into this inner sanctuary, this throne room of grace, and ask for what we need in our time and need. Guys, we've got something to sing and celebrate. Even in the midst of problems, we can be patient and we can still praise. I tell you, that is a dynamic duo in the life of a believer that when I haven't seen it work yet, I'm still going to worship while I wait on the goodness, while I wait on the goodness of God. And God is at work. Maybe you be to hear that from your pastor today. I don't know your scenario or your situation. I don't know how stuck you feel, but there is something to still sing about. And just like the praises, Set Paul and Silas free. The worship in the stuck place in the prison cell set the captives free. So does God liberate us because he's doing something that's bigger than us. I love how the message paraphrase says the first verse of, of, of Psalm 40. Uh, I think it speaks to what some of you feel. It says, I, I waited and waited and waited. I waited on God. Is that how you feel today? Have you given up your faith because you've been just waiting too long? Instead of calling it denied, can you just say that maybe God's plan's been paused? And maybe he's just wanted to see that I have this patience while I still have an expectation that I'm gonna keep walking with him. I'm gonna first ask God, what are you trying to do in me through all this? Instead of just doing something for me, do something new in me, creating a a new heart in me, oh God. Uh, Like David sings that out. I'm not cast away. I've been brought in. For us, how much more so, because of the finished work of the cross, that like Hebrews says, we can boldly enter into his throne and ask what we need in our time and need, and we might have to wait, because his timeline and his shot clock and his, how he works things out, is different. But it's better. Do you know he's building something better in your life? And when you can trust that at your core, not only will you get out of that place of struggle, that place where you feel trapped. But God's gonna get in you and through you something glorious he's always wanted to do for you and put on display the world around you. So it's worth the wait. We don't wait tapping our foot. How do we wait? We wait with hands lifted high. We don't wait with our head down, pacing back and forth. We wait on our knees and worship. Because even if what we see right now isn't good, God still is, and He's not done. Some of you have given up on dreams. Good news, we have resurrection power in Christ, it's time to bring them back to life. Some of you have given up on relationships, and I know it takes two to tango, but you can be a redeemer in that situation. Some of you have given up hope that it's ever going to come to pass, because you've been in such a hard place. I'm telling you, if you cry out, God has already turned. He's already turned to you. He will lift you up. He will reestablish you. He will get that junk off you, and He will lead you on the path and steady your steps until you see all of the goodness of God. And many around you will begin to worship. Because of what you walk through with patience and faith, you will see the promise come to pass. It's worth the wait. There's a statement out there. um, It's worth its wait in gold you heard that one worth its weight in gold there's a few things that are really worth their weight in gold well obviously platinum you know diamonds um, like printer ink you notice that you ever go try to refill your printer and like okay I need another mortgage here Uh, it's a lot the glory of God in the life of a believer really it's another word for weight to put weight on is the word glory you've got to be glorified in what you're going through so that's why paul says is these light and momentary afflictions they they, they secure for us the glory that all awaits. ways this is why james says you can you can like you, you can follow him in the hard places because ultimately what he's going to do is it's worth the sacrifice it is worth the surrender and praise God even in the midst of problems even in the midst of pits because he's refining the refining fire that purifies gold it heats up a little bit it, it's difficult to be in but it gets all the things that need to get out of you brings it to the surface and some of you have come face to face with the things that were laying deep on the inside of you and God's allowed the furnace of life or the problems of the pit to push it to the surface not that so he can point out and say I knew it Try to do it yourself didn't you you were impatient. I see that, Ishmael. I see that shortcut. No, it's by the grace and mercy of God that he wipes it away because he's refining in you, purifying you something, a glory that far outweighs everything you are facing. And the pit is a problem, but it leads you to a greater promise that he is faithful to finish what he started in your life. If you can keep the faith and walk in patience, you will see the promises of God in and friend, in every area of your life. So the believer who can trust God in the hard place will see God do the greatest of works. Would you stand to your feet? I want to lead you. In a moment, we are going to practice what I just preached. We're going to sing a song. And as we sing this song, I want you to praise not Let the the weight of your worry pin in your problems right now, your praise. Not let the pit hold you back anymore. Well, Kyle, I don't feel like I've been rescued. I don't feel like I am reestablished. I feel like this junk is still on me. Because of what Jesus has done, we can enter right in to the presence, get right in to the goodness of God. Bring our requests to him in our time of need. We're going to praise together, and I believe this is some of you, your highest level of praise is right here. Today, I'm asking you, if you just let me pastor you for a moment, take it one step further. Let us praise not by how we feel, by what we believe. And what we believe is there is a good God who is not done in your life. And even dead things can come back to life. So even though I feel like I am trapped on every side, this pit's got me pinned in can't get down I I can't get out I can't go away from it I'm stuck here I can still look up and from my perspective of where I'm stuck I can look to the one who is not and he's at work within you he's at work within me and when we begin to praise I believe the reverberation of this sacrifice of our song will bring freedom in the midst of the tumultuous roaring pit there is a sound called freedom in Christ And if we can sing this song of deliverance now, friend, destiny is right around the corner. Father God, I thank you for every heart that's here, every story, every situation, every struggle. They are not alone. First and foremost, I would thank you that they would, I would believe that they would thank you from an authentic place of what you've already done. And not just think about what you haven't done quite yet or where you're at in this problem or this pit, but in the perspective of our current situation. We're not gonna let this climate, this... This feeling of being trapped, silence our surrender and silence our song. God, we thank you that at the cross you have rescued us out of the mire, out of the pit, out of the struggle, out of the place we could not save ourselves. You sent a Savior, and we are established on salvation's foundation and that ain't going anywhere but we're walking with you as you steady our steps we're gonna sing a new song today it's a song of freedom it's a song of rejoicing it's a song of new beginnings it's a song filled with resurrection life and power God I think you. you're doing something greater in us than even what you're doing around us but the world around us will see the goodness of God as we sing from a, a place of surrender and as we sing would you shake off every bit A problem and pain that has held us back for far too long. The devil does not get any more glory in denying us destiny anymore. We got a new song to sing and we think that our Savior is not only on his way, he's already here. And so we sing from a place of revelation in the goodness of God. And he who began this process, get us out of the pit and onto the promise, he will make good on everything he said to us in the mighty name of Jesus before the song comes on the screen can we just sing a song to God right now come on in your own words would you worship him friends this is not a time to be intimidated by what the people around you think let God know what you think about him glorify him from a place of authentic praise and watch him see watch and see him get you through what you're going through and onto everything he's prepared for you amen come on let's sing together